Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update's brought to you by American Arbitration Association. Business disputes are inevitable. Resolve faster with the American Arbitration Association, the global leader in alternative dispute resolution for over 85 years. Learn more at ADR.org. Global equities rising to a two-week high amid increasing investor optimism that the world economy can withstand higher U.S. interest rates. Oil's advancing, gold falling amid a retreat in the dollar. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P E-mini futures up nine points. Dow E-mini futures up 70. NASDAQ E-mini futures up 22. The DAX in Germany is up 1.4 percent. Ten-year Treasury, little change, yield 1.86 percent. NYMEX crude oil up nine tenths percent or 44 cents to 49.06 a barrel. Comex gold down half percent or six dollars twenty cents at twelve twenty six an ounce. The euro a dollar eleven forty six. The yen won ten point one seven. Sanofi, the French drug maker seeking to buy Medivation, seeking to remove and replace the company's entire board. Tiffany down more than three percent this morning after posting quarterly sales that trailed analyst estimates. And Bank of Montreal, Canada's fourth largest lender by assets, said fiscal second quarter profit fell two point six percent after setting aside more money for soured loans and taking a restructuring charge. The firm raised its dividend 2.4% to 86 cents a share. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Okay, Masco, thank you very much. We are uh, talking this morning about um, investing overseas, particularly emerging markets and uh, uh, places uh, where they are affected by what the Fed does, and uh, the Fed is uh, certainly on everybody's mind these days. Elsa Linos has to be paying attention. She's uh, Managing Director for Forex Strategy at RBC Capital Markets. Elsa, uh, the interesting thing to a lot of people um, in the markets lately is that the Fed is now talking about raising rates, and there's a better than 50% chance, according to futures, that they'll do so by the end of July, and the dollar, eh, not moving a whole lot, nor are its pairs at this point. Well, we have seen a bit of a move. So if you look at Eurodollar, for example, not that long ago we broke through 115, took out a lot of stops above there, and now we're back at 111.50. Um, equally, if you look at the U.S. dollar against Aussie or against Kiwi or against the Canadian dollar, you have had a bit of a retracement. But I think it's important to bear in mind that even now where the market is repricing in hikes for this year, expectations are still lower than they were at the start of the year. So there's still a lot more caution with regards to the Fed. What's what's changed from, say, late last year, early this year, when the dollar caught an enormous bid on Fed speculation? So when the first Fed hike came in December, everybody, particularly in the U.S., was very focused on the domestic conditions. And, you know, if you talk to our U.S. economists, they'd say arguably the conditions have been in place for the Fed to tighten policy for a while now. Um, and the expectation was they would follow through on that through 2016 with up to four hikes. That's what they themselves were forecasting with their dots. And then came the foreign developments and the Fed's increased concern over foreign developments. So, you know, you had the pressures in China in January, the uncertainty over their exchange rate policy. Um, you had a real risk-off shock through the middle of February. And I think the Fed reacted to that and really gave the market the message that it doesn't matter what's going on domestically, we're too concerned about foreign developments in order to tighten policy. Elsa Lingnos, good morning, Tom Keen. Uh, with you. I look else at the dynamics right now. Is it a normal market? I can't figure out really across equities, bonds, currencies, commodities, 
if there's a lethargy, if there's a lack of liquidity, if no one cares, what's the mood of the market if, as you see off your desk? Well, we've seen volumes drop, um, and I focus on foreign exchange. We've seen kind of a drop in foreign exchange, and I think people have been quite frustrated. The big trends are just not there at the moment. You know, everybody was looking for the divergence trade this year, and that hasn't really played out. Um, and I think it's keeping people a little bit cautious. You know, one of the questions I was getting certainly a month ago, a few weeks ago, um, was how can we find RV in effect? You know, I'm fed up of taking a bet on the Fed. Will they, won't they? Where can I find relative value outside of that? And is there a place? So there are a few trades, you know, the, a little bit esoteric for some investors, but short euro stocky, for example, it's both risk neutral and also neutral to general dollar direction. Um, yesterday you had a pretty sizable move, but it's a trade we've liked um, lower for a while. You have a domestic story in Sweden that because it's risk neutral and dollar neutral, you can actually play it out on that cross. Um, other trades, for example, short AussieCAD, short KiwiCAD, I've liked them for a while. They've run quite a long way. You may want to look for a bounce and better levels to sell, but you know there are trades out yeah. there for investors searching for them. Where's short euro? I hear zero parity talk. Is that the surprise that the overshoot in euro could be a much weaker euro? You know, that was a very popular theme yes. last year, and it never really played out. Even this year, it's a bit of a struggle because the Fed isn't delivering the tightening that some people expected. You know, I still think euro dollar will just lower over time because we're not seeing inflationary pressures in the euro area and it will be a very very long time before the ECB eventually tightens policy but it's not necessarily a trade that people are going to pile in on today and make money in the next three to six months the uh, c in rbc uh, stands for canada uh wither the loony from here um, it yeah, obviously took a, a, a big hit as oil prices went down. Oil prices are, are going back up. Uh, is is uh, the Canadian dollar going to continue uh, getting stronger? So it's a kind of interesting point here for Dollar Canada. We've bounced back from 125 region back up to above 130. Um, we've obviously had the Alberta wildfires, which were tragic in their um, implications for the citizens of Fort McMurray, and you're going to see some impact on QT GDP as a result of that. Um, but then you should see a bounce back in Q3 GDP. So, you know, a lot of the underlying drivers for the Canadian dollar are quite evenly balanced at the moment. The Bank of Canada is in no rush to hike rates, but equally it's not cutting rates. The forward curve is quite fairly priced. You know, our target for dollar CAD at year end has been for a while 133, but you know, when you're at current levels, it's hard to get too excited about it. Um, Elsa, I look, at, I look at Canada and all of this, and I guess what it speaks to, particularly for people removed from your area of foreign exchange, is jump conditions. Are you looking at migrations and stability and not lethargy, but just a listlessness? Or are we setting ourselves up for abrupt and brutal moves across equities, bonds, currencies, and commodities? Well, the risks, if they're going to come from somewhere, um, are coming from China. And, you know, at the start of the year, there was a lot of uncertainty over their exchange rate policy and how they would deal with the capital outflows. Now there's been a, a sense of calm setting in because they seem to have been able to manage those outflows. But 
upwards, still forecasting dollar and MB10 the year at 695 and to actually break through seven next year. And I think that's really something the market's not priced for. You know, the capital flows are still ongoing. Um, the pace may have slowed down a little bit, but when we look at um, the M&A outflow from China and, and we look at ongoing efforts by households to get their money out of the country, this isn't a problem that's gone away. It's just in recession, in um, submission at the moment. So it, it could well come back before the yeah. end of this year. I'm, I'm going to assume you go to the RBC Capital Markets timeout chair if you talk too much about Brexit. But you have a unique perspective on Brussels and EU. Do you perceive a changed Brussels in the next one or five years over all that's going on? Can Brussels even possibly get its act together? Well, it will have to change. And I think we're seeing political forces changing across the European Union. You know, the EU has been quite critical of um, policy moves in Hungary and in Poland. Um, we've had the rise of the far right in Austria, though they didn't win the presidential election. You know, there is the issue of migration and the refugee crisis that also has to be dealt with. And these are causing a lot of internal tensions. So it's a lot harder to manage policy from the center when individual countries are facing such big internal challenges. And I think as a result, you will need to see um, Brussels perhaps scaling back its initial ambitions for EU integration. Never enough time. Elsa Lingos, thank you so much. Greatly appreciated. RBC Capital Markets with a great perspective on the continent. And uh, Brussels is, well, Michael, I look at all this. And I can hear a lot of our audience saying, okay, I get it. You know, we're doing a lot of foreign exchange and minutia and Greece back on the radar sort of <coughs> a little bit. But you just really wonder what it means for an equity market with a VIX of 14.20. Well, it's uh, fascinating that we are not seeing what we saw exactly, this year. Precisely. I mean, the markets, it's risk on with the Fed. They seem to be buying the idea that the Fed has been wanting people to buy for some time, that it reflects confidence in the U.S. economy. What, what, do you, raise what do you see? I mean, your thing this morning you did on term premium was brilliant. What do you see on June versus July? Um, Is there something smart there you can say? No, there's not really. Uh, the the real kind of question I think is going to be what where we are with the the Brexit polls. If there is a still considered a, a 50 percent or better chance that the Brits would vote to leave the EU, then the Fed may want to hold off and just see what Mike, happens in markets. Mike, that's not what I was talking know. about. Oh, come on, Mike. June or July, the Red Sox are playing 622 <laughs> ball. They've won three in a row. Do they fade in June or do they fade in July? Well, you always have to that's look to July because that's when the all-star break is. And it's uh, if you're playing really well and you come to the all-star break, at least the, the New York mm. Metropolitans suggest that one fades out. Well, that. in this yeah. election cycle, you can't make this up. Headline, ESPN, ex-Red Sox pitcher Lee running for governor of Vermont. <laughs> 